This is Willie Carlisle, and you're listening to The Barn. This morning a miracle happened as promised The rising of the world's closest star And the almanacs warned us That the fast coming weather might blow us away Like dandelion flowers And if I had a nickel For every time I've taken shelter from the storm Alone and naked in my bed sheets. I could pay off all my loans, buy some nicer clothes, find a job that didn't always scare me. But I've been trying not to think before my third cup of coffee. How the heart's a big tent. Gotta let everybody in. Welcome to the barn studio. Got the mocks here with Chuck. Chuck, how are you, man? I'm perfect. And we got a special guest online. We have Mr. Willie Carlisle. Willie, how are you? Doing really good. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. You are coming to our neck of the woods and your old neck of the woods. You're coming to St. Louis on February 22nd at Off-Broadway. Are you familiar with Off-Broadway? Uh, you know, here's the crazy thing. I have never been, and that's a big mistake, and I look, I look forward to fixing that, yeah. Yeah, I think you're going to have a really good time. We can't wait to see you. We've never been able to experience a show of yours. What can we expect? Oh, man, um... So the thing I'm most proud of, I'm a folk singer, right? So the folk music is organic, right? It's from the earth. It's from people. It's from people teaching each other. That's kind of what the shows are. It's like uh, a lot of big sing-alongs. I usually, not to brag, but I usually cry on stage, you know, like most men do. I go cry at work every day. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and uh, it's kind of what I hope to bring is a good spectrum between somewhere between laughing and crying to a room full of people for about 90 minutes yeah you mentioned being emotional with the songs these songs mean a lot to you i'm guessing this album this album peculiar missouri some pretty close ones to your heart on this one yeah i'd I'd say so um i another nice thing about folk music is that it's never going to be pop music so nobody's ever going to tell you what to do so you can kind of go to the beat of your own drum and and on this record we we covered a lot of emotional territory. Yeah, it was really fun. And uh saw in an interview that you mentioned, or maybe even the interviewer mentioned, the punk to folk pipeline, you know, where it's a lot of DIY spirit. It's a lot of, you know, kind of the same ethos that you find in punk music. Do you find that with folk music as well? Absolutely. You know what? I, I kind of think of it as like, you know, a young punk kid might be drinking steel reserves or King Cobra 40s and, uh, getting pissed at his parents uh whereas the folk music that i like to do is like you know growing a garden in your backyard <laughs> and uh, being pissed off at cops um you know what i mean it's like uh it's a more sustainable form of punk anger is the way i like to think of folk music i kind of laugh i saw a meme on twitter that it seemed like it was directed towards me but it was like all my metalhead friends are now playing folk or listening to country <laughs> yes absolutely Which I, i'm a metalhead at heart but you know i i like all kinds of music so yeah that, that one felt like it was directed right at me you know i, I so I'm, i really like metal as well and and i, I gravitate towards kind of doom and grindcore Oh, yeah. And then I guess like I guess some extreme metal too. 
And uh, what I find is that the folk to metal crossover is there because you're used to hearing like really particular kinds of sound instrumentation, like really particular instrumentation varieties. And also it's always better than it sounds like distortion is, is like, you got to pick the beauty out of that, right? You got to be willing to hear something that's kind of harsh in the same way, like, like a really, really loud fiddle. Some people are going to cover their ears and other people are going to be like, that is the exact pain that I came to this honky tonk for. I've never put that together, but it's, yeah. it's a shrieking kind of sound. That's, what I'm... <laughs> That's a, not necessarily the best advertisement for a show is like, <laughs> do you like screeching? You'll love this, but. That's, I'm I'm here for it. So just for my own curiosity, what what are some of the metal bands that you dig? Um, I think my favorites are uh, right now. I just mentioned grindcore, so it's got to be Cloud Rat and uh, Nasm. They just banned it a long time ago, but that's like a perennial favorite. Okay. Um, in the extreme category, I've been listening to uh, Vastum. Uh, a whole lot um they haven't put out a record in a little while which is sad to me and then in the doom category like i started with stoner metal and um and i'm not sure how much i ever grew (laughs) (laughs) i I remember somebody gave me a early crowbar cd and crowbar was in the mix with like down and pantera and stuff like that um and uh, I just kind of never got away from those low, slow riffs. Um, and I'm pretty amenable to a lot of that, yeah. Yeah, we've actually interviewed Crowbar, Tommy, the drummer. Oh, really? Yeah, Tommy, the nice. drummer. We, um, we do a metal podcast as well called Vulgar Display of Podcast. And Tommy came on, and I talked to Kurt quite a bit. But, uh, yeah, yeah, th- those guys are kind of the kings of it, right? That low and slow and sludgy, you know, New Orleans sound. I also, I mean, I just love the way that the, I love in metal how you can get away with things with lyrics you could never do in any other genre. Like, I actually feel the same way about folk music, is that you can write real human experiences, and they can also be a little cheesy, and it gets pulled off maybe just because of, like, a black shirt and a bad tattoo, right. or, like, a big cowboy hat. You know, it's it might be... A little bit outrageous but i think that's that's really helpful to me you mentioned lyric your lyrics are so unique and so cool and i almost you know do you consider yourself more of a poet than a lyricist because your wordplay and sometimes your tongue-in-cheek lyrics you know really stick out in your music so what do you what would you fully consider yourself i guess you know uh i like folk poets that's been my thing um i got a i'm looking at a picture of carl sandberg right now um, it was just like an American poet that, that was pretty famous for his poetry, but like late in his life, he just like started playing folk songs and he played really poorly. But I always was like, if I could just write and play as well as this kind of mid, honestly, mid range kind of mid poet from, you know, a, a lot like about a hundred years ago, I'd be really happy. Um, so it's always been both for me. I've been really lucky. Um, I get to do exactly what I want <laughs> all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty rad. I can't lie. You know, specifically on the song of Peculiar Missouri, I think you even say in the lyrics, like, you know, I've been all over Missouri. I'm from Missouri, but I've never been to that town. 
but I've damn sure been to that town that you're talking about. You sound like a narrator telling a story, and it's a fantastic song, man. Oh, thanks. Yeah, so so for the listeners that haven't heard it, one, do you live under a rock? Right. Uh, what the heck's wrong with you? It's been on the pop charts for weeks, but um, uh, <laughs> really what I mean, it's a long story song that's just a guitar riff and me telling a long story. Yeah. I want that to be part of what we do forever. Um, I think that there's a lot of... I think we might have lost that a little bit in in our culture. You know, um, our attention spans get less and less, right? Like, people listen to the radio when they're in their car, but that might be one of the few times they absorb a story that takes more than two minutes to tell in a busy workday. And folk music has always been far longer, right? Sometimes a song will be 50 verses because that's what it takes to get the the story told properly, right? So that song clocks in at something like seven minutes. And uh, I'm glad you basically said that it holds your attention because I think that was the thing. I still worry about that, even though I want to do it. And I'll do it whether anybody's listening or not, uh, (laughs) truly. But I was worried about it. You have to nowadays. You you show a kid this a video over 13 minutes long and they go crazy. Yeah, TikTok culture. Oh, yeah. God, I can't. Yeah, uh-uh. The attention span is not there. When I was really getting into music when I was a younger kid, I would listen to a full album. I would, album, put, yes. I would press play, and I wouldn't be done until the album was over, right? And you don't get that now. The attention span is very short, very mm-hmm. TikTok culture, 30 seconds, grab my attention, and then I might check it out. How do you kind of navigate that world of, like, being able to, to get somebody's attention and keep it? Well, so the tricks are all old, right? When I was studying, you know, you're always, stu- whatever you do, you're still always studying, right? I always like mm-hmm. the vaudeville guys that come on stage and they do a bit, right? A clown comes on stage, he does a bit. And that bit will be as long as the crowd is entertained, right? Mm-hmm. So in these old vaudeville acts, they would have people that would come on and they've got one trick, but they're good for a quick laugh, right? To try to set the audience up for somebody else's 10 15 20 minute long bit right and then that guy that was doing the the ones the you know the the one minute long bit you know he just like juggles some pies or some stuff i don't know he's gonna figure out a way over time to make that into a better bit over and over right it's just like repeating what works putting things in front of audiences like uh like asking your asking yourself like when did somebody's eyes glaze over and why I don't mind being an entertainer like that because the tradition is is long, right? If you if I had to be a TikTok influencer, I would just I'd quit. Um, <laughs> but asking, okay, so what in this engagement is good is is really helpful. Somebody said something really interesting that I can't get out of my head uh, that the medium is the message, and I think with some of these platforms, the the medium is telling you you have to be brief. Like, there's no way to not be brief. And I, I think that, that we can find ways around that by misusing the medium, by mangling it, by, by just, just giving it a little bit of grief. I think that teasing it is probably better than yelling at it, you know? Absolutely. Here we got the crowd agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> I love what you're saying there. Can I quote you real quick? Yeah, please. So you say, so the record is intended to be full of that kind of discomfort, the the discomfort of wandering, the idea that everybody wants to find a home, no matter how much they're rambling, but it can be hard to find. I think of a song like Van Life, 
right? Where you're maybe showing with a little, again, a little bit of tongue in cheek, but you're showing the road, you're showing the road to people that maybe aren't aware of what it's like being out on the road. Can you tell us a little bit about van life? Yeah. So, um, I was, uh, I call it, uh, I call it my period of fashionable homelessness. <laughs> right. Um, and partially just cause that's what we get told it is, but um, anybody that's actually lived in their car for a period of time under duress or under uh, that isn't a that isn't a millionaire knows that it can be really difficult. You develop weird skill sets. Uh, you have encounters with cops and um, and a lot of people you wouldn't normally otherwise talk to. Right. At least I did. Um, and over the period of years that I did it, I wanted to write a song that was you know the the traveling man song is an is a long standing thing in country and folk music right i've been everywhere man and so on and so forth right. um i wanted to do a version of that that was basically saying uh i've been everywhere and it sucks and it's because of systemic uh issues that could be solved and because of like classism and uh and people being jerks across the country that don't need to be sounds a lot less fun when i say it on the radio maybe but (laughs) i wanted to write a song that was for people angry at the housing crisis but if you're if you're not gonna laugh you gotta cry so i want to laugh about it yeah and the video too has a has a comedic edge to it i even like the where you have the piss bottle you know this is water (laughs) this is piss you got to know which one you're drinking out of and hopefully they're not the same one that was uh that was a very real pee bottle (laughs) (laughs) we've had those there's nothing fake in that video let's just put it that way there's nothing fake in the music there's a few more crazy things a couple of which i sort of am like i can't believe we put that on film the the pee bottle included yeah (laughs) we uh we can't get out of here without talking about cheap cocaine your biggest song at least on spotify with over two million plays what do you think it was about that song that resonated with so many people um well, I think it's an angry young man song. I think there's a lot of angry young men out there. And um, it also uh, slaps. It also is, has a hook. And because um, I'm a folk singer and not a pop writer, I don't always write the hook first, right? I get to the feeling, the emotion first. And in that case, I think it's just a nice scenario where the hook and everything else aligned to make uh, what the kids call a banger. And um, I'm really pleased with that. There are feelings, you know, I'm not a pissed off young man anymore, but I'll tell you, having written, having written a song about being a pissed off young man and getting to sing that song every night, I get to revisit that, that (laughs) jerk and shake his hand and say, I hope you, I hope it gets better for you, man. (laughs) (laughs) And mean it, you know, and, and like, and like who I used to be. So I hope that's what people get out of it is either, Hey, I identify with this. I am this angry or man, don't you remember when I was struggling with all this and isn't it great to be better? And shouldn't I extend some compassion to myself? (laughs) Do some of your older songs remind you of certain points in your life or certain times, time periods of your life? A lot of times the task is just to try to make it new every night, you know, is to live in that moment right now. But I will say that um, songs like uh, Singing Knives or mm-hmm. Up the Hill or um, um, it's really a few songs that have people from my life that uh, are appear really strongly in them. 
especially if I love them very deeply and no longer get to have them in my life, right? Have you ever had to cut a song because it's too painful? No. No, <laughs> we use the song to get... The, the, song, is, the song is the cure, oh, not the you. symptom. Hmm. That's a good way to put it. And, really and if I did find it, that, a, that a song was a symptom, and don't get me wrong, I think that there's songs that are symptoms, but they never feel good, right? It just yeah. feels like anxiety leaving your body, or it just feels like anger or something. And there, I tell you, there are no, I don't, I believe this pretty strongly. I don't think there are very many successful songs that are just like pure, pure symptom. We go to vo- expression to, relieve ourselves of something that we have to say right not to uh, uh burden another with an unrealistic expectation we can't wait to see a february 22nd st louis at off broadway that's uh one of the first dates on your tour and you're kind of going across the nation here how long how long are you out on the road on this one well um more dates keep getting added so it looks like i'll be out until early may and then i'll probably be headed over to europe and uh then there'll probably be some stuff on the West Coast if I have my way about it, too. Um, I plan, my hope is to hit every major market in the country this year. So, uh, so look out. Look out. Beautiful. Going to be on the road playing those shows, strumming that guitar. Willie, we appreciate your time. Can you give us uh, your website and where we can get a, get a hold of all your information? At uh, http double backslash colon willycarlisle.com <laughs> and uh that's w-i-l-l-i no e carlisle as in c-a-r-l-i-s-l-e no carl is an aisle yeah you can't forget that h-t-t-p double forward <laughs> slash <laughs> willie we really... i mean i get tripped up on it but i still have to you know still have to try it absolutely Enjoyed talking to you today. We can't wait to see you February 22nd in St. Louis at Off-Broadway. We will be there in attendance at the barn. We'll connect Thanks with you. Thanks for having there. me, Jens. We appreciate it, man. Thank you, Willie. so much. All right. Bye now. This morning a miracle happened as promised The rising of the world's closest star And the almanacs warned us That the fast coming weather Might blow us away like dandelion flowers And if I had a nickel For every time I've taken shelter from the storm Alone and naked in my bed sheets. I could pay off all my loans, buy some nicer clothes, find a job that didn't always scare me. But I've been trying not to think before my third cup of coffee. How the heart's a big tent. Gotta let everybody in. Doesn't matter who they are.